This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced through the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. Find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. There's just a few times each year that I really spend much time thinking about potatoes. And of course, right around Thanksgiving is one of those times. I'm not the biggest fan of mashed potatoes, typically prepared for the feast, but a number of my family members are, so it's a must. We can't do without mashed potatoes. But I took the opportunity this past week in the Mail Tribune's food section to share a few alternate recipes for potatoes in case people are wanting to switch things up a little bit or in case you have potatoes left over after Thanksgiving you've overpurchased or maybe you even have extra mashed potatoes, you could transform some of those into one or more of these recipes. My column published November 17th in the Mail Tribune's weekly food section, and those columns also run under the name The Whole Dish, detailed some enthusiasm my family had for digging potatoes at a friend's farm a couple of months ago when we brought home just gorgeous, fresh, really potatoy tasting potatoes, as I like to describe them. So that column passionate about potatoes, delved into some of my favorite uses for different sizes of potatoes, ranging from like marble or golf ball size, I like to steam whole and serve in a summer salad, as well as a recipe for braised potatoes with greens, fennel, and lemon. It's just a lovely, hearty winter dish that's plant-based, so it's light. It's not going to be heavy during this week of feasting and going into the holiday season. I also shared a recipe for tortilla de patata, which is a very, very typical recipe for tapas in Spain. And of course, a tortilla in Spain isn't a flatbread like it is in Mexico. It's this eggy potato patty that you can serve Anytime, a lot of Americans would consider it a breakfast item, and I have seen it on some restaurants' breakfast menus, but in fact, I prefer it for lunch or dinner, and that's when it's traditionally served in Spain as well. I'll share that recipe as well as the latest recipe posted to my blog for potato puffs. These are just an extra step beyond mashed potatoes, really in my mind. They start essentially with mashed potatoes, but they're mixed with some flour and egg, sort of like a gnocchi dough and then fried for a result that's sort of like a potato donut hole that I think would just be fabulous with leftover turkey gravy or leftover cranberry sauce. These are definitely on my list, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be making these in the coming weeks. So I'll share that recipe from Jacques Pépin for potato puffs. But first, the recipe for tortilla de patata. Again, find this recipe with my latest food section column on the Mail Tribune's website, mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish, published November 17th under the headline, Passionate About Potatoes. For tortilla de patata, you'll need 
Oil for frying, neutral flavored oil, whether you prefer grapeseed oil, avocado oil, or something else that's meant for high heat. Four russet potatoes that have been peeled, one and a half pounds Spanish onions that have been peeled and diced, 10 eggs, salt and pepper to taste, two tablespoons vegetable oil, and that's a divided use. That's separate for the tortilla once the eggs have been mixed with the potatoes. The first frying oil is being used to first fry the potato slices before incorporating them with the egg. And this recipe is traditionally deliciously served with aioli, and that's something to make first. I'll give the recipe for that first. Now, aioli is a fairly simple process. You can sort of cheat and just use really good quality mayonnaise, mix it with a minced garlic clove, I like a few grinds of white pepper and some fresh squeezed lemon juice. But to make the true aioli, place one large egg yolk in a bowl set over simmering water. Whisk in one small peeled and minced garlic clove and a few pinches of salt and pepper. Continue simmering until the mixture begins to thicken. And then a teaspoon at a time, just start drizzling in a neutral flavored oil. Again, grapeseed oil or avocado works well for this. A drop at a time until the mixture emulsifies and thickens without scrambling the egg. The trick here to make an emulsion is you don't want your heat too high and you want to be whisking as you're drizzling in the oil. That should yield a lovely sauce that isn't actually mayonnaise. It's its own thing in Mediterranean cooking, aioli to serve with this tortilla de patata. To do this dish, you'll need two 10-inch nonstick skillets. I actually like to have one skillet slightly larger than the other. I find it helpful to be able to turn out the frittata into a bit larger skillet. You're actually flipping this from pan to pan to brown both sides, similar to instructions in some recipes for frittata. But if you have two 10-inch skillets, that should work fine. In one skillet, heat about three inches of that neutral flavored oil. Slice the peeled potatoes very, very thinly and pat dry. Working in batches, you're gonna deep fry the potato slices until they're slightly crispy and set aside. This also works to have just a little less oil in the skillet. I find in just shallow fry these, what some people refer to as shallow fry. So in a separate large skillet, heat a few tablespoons of the oil. Add that one and a half pounds peeled and diced Spanish onions and cook on medium-low heat until the onions are caramelized for about 15 minutes, sort of stirring occasionally. Remove from the skillet and cool. In a large bowl, whisk the 10 eggs with the caramelized onions and season well with the salt and pepper. Then fold in those crispy fried potatoes, the four peeled russet potatoes that were thinly sliced and fried. This does take a little while to get up to this point to fry all the potatoes, removing them in batches from the pot it may take 20 minutes or so. I think the results are worth it. <laughs> you could also fry the potato slices first and maybe refrigerate them for a day before folding them in with the egg and proceeding with the recipe. Coat one nonstick skillet with one tablespoon of the vegetable oil and heat over medium high heat. Pour in that egg mixture, 
that has the fried potatoes incorporated and sort of spread it out in the pan. You want to push down the sides of the pan with a spatula and get all that egg and potato really incorporated and sort of condensed into one layer. Cook the tortilla until the bottom's starting to brown. You can lift it up with your spatula and check. Then start the second skillet over medium-high heat. Coat it with the one remaining tablespoon oil. And in a quick motion, flip the tortilla to the second pan. Depending on what kind of skillet you have, I like to use cast iron for this. You may need to use a hot pad to hold onto both sides of the skillet as you're flipping it. It should just come right out if you've used enough oil and the bottom is nicely browned. Then cook in the second skillet until the other side is just browned, pushing down any egg mixture that is still uncooked if necessary. Then wipe out the first pan, get it oiled and warmed up again, and flip the tortilla once more, letting it cook until it's not quite set in the middle. The key to this recipe, what makes it so good, is it should just ooze a little bit in the middle when it's sliced, just still custardy. You don't want it dried out. And a word of caution, I actually let mine rest in the pan too long because this isn't a dish that it really matters so much whether it is super, super steaming hot. It's great, just served at room temperature and I was preparing some other elements of my meal. But that time that the tortilla sat with the carryover heat from the pan on my stovetop, it got a little bit overdone. So there's that sweet spot when the egg is still just a little bit jiggly and it's so delicious, particularly served with that aioli or again, a good quality mayonnaise if you don't want to make that. And that makes eight servings of tortilla de patata. Find that recipe with my latest food section column published November 17th under the headline, Passionate About Potatoes. Now for the recipe for potato puffs, most recently posted to my blog under the headline, Rice or Mill Potatoes for Crispy Puffs on November 19th. You'll need a food mill for this recipe or potato ricer, which I happen to think are both essential pieces of equipment to make really, really delicious mashed potatoes. When I was a kid, I think one reason why I never cared for mashed potatoes all that much is this whipped potato fad that my mom and my grandma both were fans of, which entailed just mercilessly beating potatoes in a KitchenAid mixer. And the conventional rule of thumb from everything I've read in the years since is that processing your potatoes in a food processor with a blade or a mixer makes really gluey potatoes. It disrupts the starch molecules too much, whereas a ricer or food mills, kind of the gold standard, including for this recipe that calls for two medium Yukon gold potatoes, about six ounces each that have been washed. Salt is needed, a half cup milk, one eighth teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, three tablespoons unsalted butter that's been cut into pieces, a half cup all-purpose flour, two large eggs, and about three cups canola oil for deep frying these potato puffs. Put those two medium Yukon gold potatoes in a pot with cold water to cover. Add a half teaspoon salt and bring to a boil. Boil gently for 40 minutes until they're very tender. Be sure the potatoes are always covered with water during cooking. Drain the potatoes. 
When they're cool enough to handle, peel the potatoes, cut them into chunks, and push them through a food mill or a ricer. Of course, leaving the peels intact while you're boiling keeps them from getting too waterlogged. And they should be easy enough to peel with your fingertips. In a heavy saucepan, combine the half cup milk with a quarter teaspoon of the salt, eighth teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, and the three tablespoons unsalted butter that have been cut into pieces. Bring that mixture to a boil, remove from the heat, and add the flour all at once, working the mixture with a wooden spoon until it forms a ball. Return to the stove and cook for 30 seconds over low heat, stirring the mixture, which will become a shiny homogeneous mass. Transfer to a bowl and let that cool for five minutes. Then add the two large eggs to that dough one at a time, beating well with a whisk after each addition. Then stir in the riced or milled potatoes. You can put the dough in a food processor with the motor running and add those two eggs, processing for 15 to 20 seconds. If you choose to do that, then combining the dough in the bowl with mashed potatoes. But I think that that's a pretty short use for a food processor because you're not processing the potatoes with the dough. Again, it just makes them gluey. Preheat the oven to 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat one and a half to two inches of oil in a deep 10 to 12 inch skillet to about 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Spoon one tablespoon of dough at a time into the oil, pushing it out of the spoon with your finger or another spoon. And cook 10 to 15 of those pieces at a time. If you have, again, about a 10 to 12 inch skillet. Cook them for 8 to 10 minutes, turning the puffs in the oil to brown them evenly on all sides. As soon as the first batch is done, remove them with a slotted spoon to a tray lined with paper towels and keep them hot in that preheated 160 degree oven while you cook the remaining puffs. Sprinkle lightly with salt and serve. And don't wait too long because these do lose their crispiness if they sit too long. I don't think you're going to want to wait. These will be delicious. And that makes six to eight servings of potato puffs from Essential Pepin by Jacques Pepin, the famous French chef. Find that recipe on my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish, as well as more seasonal favorites as we move toward the celebratory time of year and globally inspired recipes to keep your menus interesting and light in between your feasting and celebrations at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.